Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Master the Mouse. Hit it, maestro. Welcome to episode 16 of Master the Mouse. I'm Aaron. With me, as always, is Griffin. Griffin, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. Good to be back. Uh, happy late Thanksgiving to you. It was. It was a great Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a good holiday? Uh, it was fine. Yeah. A little bit of work, but a little bit of family time. So, yeah. it was. Uh, we're looking forward to Christmas. I'll have more time off then. I know a lot of people follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and I was posting a couple of pictures. We spent Thanksgiving playing a ton of Disney-related games. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. We we can never escape the magic here at our household. So we spent a lot of time playing a plethora of different Disney games, which was a lot of fun. So check out our Instagram so you can see the uh, the games that we played. It was It was fun. Yeah, I think we could do a whole podcast on that one day, uh, random Disney games, because I've, I've got a couple as well. The The Disney Monopoly game is a big hit at our house. Oh, wow, I haven't played that one. See, we played this game called the Magic Kingdom game, and we also play Disney Code Names, which I don't know if you're familiar with that game at all, but that was a ton of fun too. Okay, maybe I'll invite you over. We can play board games. I see a family Disney game night in our future. Yeah, yeah, we'll include the families, I guess. I like it. Do we have to? Yeah, I'm, they might. It might get uh, green lighted by the wives more more likely if we include them. <laughs> you're you're probably right. All right, we do we have any follow up from our previous episode or things that we need to clarify or clean up? Uh, I have a unrelated thing I want to bring up that doesn't have anything to do with previous episodes, but I feel like it's uh, sort of a public service announcement to the uh, to the listeners. Have you seen the Ralph breaks the internet? You know Disney's latest release. Do I know that it's out there or have I actually seen it? Have you seen it? No, I have not. So I, I went and saw it. I, I don't know why I thought that it would be good just based off previews and even uh, sitting in the theater with my kid. I mean, there are so many big Disney movies coming up. So I was kind of getting really fired up for it. That movie was terrible. And I can't recommend against it enough. Really? What aspects of it did you not enjoy? Uh, I, I guess... And again, this is not Disney World related, but, you know, Ralph, he's a Disney character. So I think people need to know, you know, one of the things that just went completely over a lot of my kids head is a lot of the humor was like Internet humor, you know, trying to make fun of memes and likes on YouTube and just things that, you know, that we take for granted. But that, you know, hopefully your kids don't know that much about. But um, all these like little inside jokes about Internet. And then it's just a really simple plot line that's just not that interesting I, I i mean it's got a few parts that for from a disney world perspective there's like a place they go that's very kind of like going to magic kingdom inside the internet and that part is by far the best part of the movie but the rest of it is just filler uh very very simple uh, i was unimpressed and disappointed okay yeah we are as a family no i've seen wreck it ralph the first one and as a family i don't know that any of my kids or my wife have seen the first Wreck-It Ralph, so I don't know that they would be dying to go see this. However, we are super pumped about going and seeing the new Mary Poppins movie. So yes. that'll be one that we're holding out for. Yep. Yeah, there's so many good ones. So yeah, save your hard-earned cash for a better one. All right, that's a public service announcement, I guess, for all of our listeners out there. So you heard it from Griffin. It's uh, 
Rotten Tomatoes review of just one tomato. Is that what we're going with here? What What's the scale on Rotten Tomatoes? I think it's one to five. Okay, yeah. I mean, like I, it, I would give it a one to two. I mean, I would say most of my kids were even kind of bored by it. Maybe, I, maybe it was just us. Maybe listeners can correct me and tell me there's a reason I didn't like it. But um, yeah, even my kids were disinterested. Oh, okay. Unless you have one of those kids that's just addicted to anything that's on the screen and will watch commercials for two hours, they'll be fine. But the ones that actually, you know, want to see a good movie, we're not impressed. All right. Well, so sorry to sorry to bring it down early, but um, we'll move on to happier things now. All right. That sounds good. Speaking of happier things, let's uh, kick it back over to Walt Disney World and give us the question of the episode. All right. Question of the day, question of the episode for you. I want you to tell me if this resort is overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Uh, tell me about the Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian. So I, there's a couple of different things about aspects of the Grand Floridian that I love. And there are a few things about the Grand Floridian that I'm not so thrilled about. So I'll go with the things that I love about it first. First of all, I love that it's Disney's flagship resort. There's something about that resort at nighttime when it's lit up and you're, you're seeing it across the lake at Magic Kingdom and, and the roof is all lit up. And whether you're waiting on the monorail or you're waiting for a boat, just seeing that resort at night lit up is, is magical in and of itself a little bit. I love that aspect of it. I love the dining options at Grand Floridian. You have a character buffet meal. You have a couple of sit-down restaurants, four different table services. You have uh, Narcoosie's, you have Victoria and Albert's, which is their top line creme de la creme, you know, white glove service restaurant. Right. They have the Grand Floridian Cafe, which is more of the traditional table service meal. Yeah. And then Citricos, which is another great Grand Floridian restaurant. In fact, you know, between Narcoosie's and Citricos, if you're on the Disney dining plan, those are two table service credits that you have to use when eating there. The Grand Floridian Cafe, you would just utilize one. The 1900 Park Fair restaurant, you would just use one. It's a buffet with characters. Yeah. They have the Cinderella and Prince Charming, as well as the stepsisters are there. So that's a pretty kind of different and unusual character meal. From a restaurant perspective, I, I love it. Now, the Grand Floridian Resort itself, I love the fact that the lobby's pretty big and that you walk in and, and sometimes there'll be jazz music and it's just kind of had this relaxing upscale vibe to it. I really dig that. It, it's it's great fun. The pools are okay. If you have children, they're even more just okay. They have this new kind of splash pad area, but it's really small and not the easiest thing to get to. The resort itself is kind of spread out. You know, Polynesian is set up in a similar way to where it has different buildings, but I feel like the, the Polynesian has a more intimate vibe to it. And the Grand Floridian is kind of grandiose and spread out, which, you know, if you like quiet and, and you don't want to be bothered, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be able to, you know, move around quickly and get from one place to the next, it's, it's not the best place in the world to be. So anyway, as far as being overrated, underrated or properly rated, I'm actually going to go, this may surprise you a little bit, I'm actually going to go overrated because I think a lot of people think that the Grand Floridian is the best resort on property. Right. While it's the flagship, I don't know that it's the best resort on property. It's a great resort, don't get me wrong. I just don't know that it's the best. And for that reason, I'm going to say it's overrated. 
Right. And I think the the big part of that is the price too, right? Like even compared to other deluxe resorts, it seems like it's going to run you more, uh, you know, most times that you're looking. So it kind of needs to really deliver to not be considered overrated because it's so darn expensive. Yeah. I think of all of the resorts in the Magic Kingdom area, that probably is the one that I would stay at last. I think I would stay at all the other resorts in the Magic Kingdom area before I would stay there. Now, and, and I've stayed at all of them, so I don't, I don't know what weight that holds coming from me. And Grand Floridian was the last one that I checked off my list. So yeah. maybe maybe that's the reason why. I, I've stayed at all of them, and, and while I enjoyed my time there, I don't know that it would be one that I would frequent all the time. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I, what I thought you might say, is I think people need to know it's not... I mean, you're paying a lot and you're getting a lot, but I think especially people with kids probably have just as good a time at another deluxe resort for less money. Yeah. And I'll say though, that, you know, there are some aspects of about it that are just fantastic and, and, and truly magical. Like when you come, when we came in for the very first day at the Grand Flirting and we walked into the front atrium there, we were greeted by a couple of cast members who had been there for a long time. My daughter was handed a flower and a rose for, you know, being a first time guest. And there's a lot of just small touches that the Grand Flirting goes above and beyond. Yeah. But as a, as a whole, when it comes to the price, I think it's just overrated. Yeah. I think it'd probably climb up my list if it was an adults only trip too. That's, that's the other thing. Yeah. Fair point. Especially if you're going to take advantage of some of those dining offerings that are uh, provided at the Grand Floridian. Yeah, definitely. All right. Great question. Let's move on to our main topic. We are going to talk about what to do when we are not visiting one of the four theme parks at Walt Disney World. I know a lot of people assume that when you go to Disney World, you're going to go morning till evening in the parks all day long. And some people may do that. And, and, and that's totally fine. But we just wanted to take an episode and really lay out some of the things that you can take advantage of when you're not in the theme parks. And maybe even it might convince you to maybe take a day of your vacation and not visit a theme park and maybe save some money on that extra ticket purchase that you may have made or just really be able to expand your thinking when it comes to Disney vacations. And so we're going to break it down kind of into areas that we think are great ways to spend your days when you're not in one of the theme parks. And so the first thing that we're going to talk through is taking advantages of resort offerings. And when we say resort offerings, we're not necessarily talking about the resort that you are staying at. Because the great thing about staying on Disney property is that you can visit any of the resorts that you want to. In fact, even if you're not staying on Disney property, you can visit these resorts and take advantage of a lot of their offerings and amenities. Even when we're talking about the resort offerings, we're going to break it down even further and just talk about the areas of resorts to enjoy and not necessarily each one individually. So we'll start with the Magic Kingdom area and talk through some of the resorts there. And so Griffin, actually, this is where your favorite resort of all time is, right? I, if I am if I remember correctly, the contemporary yeah. is right up your guys' alley, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, one of the big reasons for that is the monorail. And I think, you know, for this area, I think the monorail is part of the draw. Um, you're basically getting three deluxe resorts right there on the mon monorail line together. So when you talk about an off day, you know, I'm always thinking about minimizing my time in a bus, uh, but I'm happy to ride a monorail. And so once you can get over to this area, you, you're going to have three amazing resorts and that's going to lead to a lot of options with minimal 
you know, bus riding. Yeah, absolutely. And even so let's even talk about just right now in this Magic Kingdom area, the transportation offering. So a lot of the things that you get when you're staying at one of these deluxe resorts is the ability to travel in different ways or in different forms of transportation. And the best way to travel in this Magic Kingdom area is the monorail, just because it is so unique to the Walt Disney World theme parks and the boat transportation. I don't want to necessarily undersell the boat transportation because if you're taking a boat from Magic Kingdom to Fort Wilderness or from the Polynesian over to the Magic Kingdom area, that's a that's a really leisurely boat ride to enjoy. And it's very intimate. The boats aren't that big. They only hold a, a certain size capacity, unlike, you know, the bus where they try to cram as many people in as you can. And so you can really enjoy the process of getting from one place to another. So taking advantage of those transportation offerings is is one thing to do when you're taking advantage of of these resort areas along the same lines of transportation. One of the things that you can do at just about every deluxe resort is rent rent boats. You can actually rent these little sprite type boats to go out on the water and and drive yourself. And so that's something that you can take advantage of on your non-park days, especially if you're a water person and love being out on the water. You know, you can rent a boat and go out yourself. So that's definitely something to take advantage of when you're not visiting one of the theme parks. Griffin, when you guys stayed at the Contemporary, was there anything at that resort that you took advantage of? I mean, we did uh, we did Chef Mickey's, you know, so there's there's obviously and we also did California Grill. So, yeah, we we hit up both of the, I guess, table service. Well, actually, I'm leaving out the wave. We did not do that. So we did two of the three you know, table services there in the Contemporary. But we also jumped over to. I think we ate at the Polynesian and then also at Grand Floridian. So, I mean, we we took advantage of that monorail to basically consider all three of those as our kind of close by areas to pull from for entertainment, but also for, you know, food. Like I know one night when we, me and my wife went to, to California Grill to eat, we had our, the grandparents took the kids over to the Polynesian for uh, the movie on the lawn over there. And so you can really make use of all those. And I think that, you know, we could mention this now or later, but the, the movies out on the lawn, that's a pretty common occurrence at several of the resorts and, you know, a nice way to fill an evening if you're not in a park. Yeah, let's park there for a second and, and talk about some of the activities that you can do in this resort area. So you mentioned the movies, which is something that Disney does almost at, at every resort that they do now is they have movies under the stars where if the weather is nice, you know, they'll they have this inflatable screen where they'll show Disney movies, animated Disney movies. Well, I guess they're not always animated, but you know, the Disney classic movies, if you will. So it'll be suitable for all ages of your family. So that's something that a lot of people take advantage of. I think when I'm thinking about entertainment at some of the resorts, the other things that come to mind aside from the movies and from the boat rentals are some of the offerings at the resorts as far as specifics to that resort yeah so you know at at the polynesian they do you know luau's on the front lawn that they'll they'll teach people how to do a, a traditional hawaiian dance in the wilderness lodge they do kind of these scenic tours of the lodge itself and give fun facts about it at fort wilderness chip and dale have a sing-along that they come out and and dance around and so there's almost like a character meet and greet there built in as well right at, also at fort wilderness they have a, a horse barn to where you can actually see the horses that are used around disney property at each one of those resorts as well they do kind of the pool games where they you know have games for children in the pool area where they do all different things as far as trivia as far as scavenger hunts marco polo all types of things so there's plenty to do at these resorts to keep 
not only the kids busy, but also the adults entertained as well. Because, you know, what that's going to do for those parents out there that have small children is it's going to take them off of your hands for a couple of hours and free you up to kind of relax and sit back and enjoy kind of your scenery. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing I was thinking about was the, uh, I don't know if you've ever made use of the Lilo's Playhouse over at the Polynesian. I know traditionally it was used as, you know, like childcare at night, but I'm pretty sure now and now during the day, they've kind of opened it up as kind of an arts and crafts area for, but you can't leave your kids, but you can go with your kids and do kind of different activities there in the, the Lilo's Playhouse. So that's another kind of just a little thing at the Polynesian you may want to try. Yeah, they actually have a new setup as well at the Contemporary with it's all Pixar themed. So they have something very similar, except the one at the Contemporary, they allow you to drop your kids off. And I think it's from four to 11. So you actually drop your kids off and they and they take care of them. And, you know, the adults can go out and do whatever they want. Yeah. So that, that's something else to consider, too, especially if you're looking to to get away and have a couples only or an adults only type of a vibe for an evening while you're not in the theme park. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. So if, let me ask you this. So of this area, Grand Floridian Polynesian Contemporary, and you've got your family, you're not in the parks and you're going to eat, you know, either a late lunch or a, or a dinner. What's your, what's your go-to for a family meal for someone that's not going in the park that day? Does it matter if it's a sit down or a counter service? Let's say let's say they're on the dining plan and they're looking to spend, you know, they're using they're looking to spend one at least probably one credit. So they a table service credit. Okay, so I think does it matter what meal of the day? No, you you pick what. Well, I guess yeah, yeah, like a like a dinner meal is what I'm thinking. Okay, so a dinner meal on the dining plan somewhere around Seven Seas Lagoon or Bay Lake. Yeah. You put me on the spot, so I, I, know. Uh, I would flex my brain muscles here. If it were me, and I, I'm going to answer it, I'm going to answer two different answers. I'm going to answer one with kids, and then I'm going to answer one without kids. Yeah, that's helpful. Do that. Okay, so my with kids answer is going to be breakfast at Ohana's. Okay. And the reason for that is because it's a family style meal and it's an all you care to eat breakfast buffet, but they bring everything to your table. So you're not having to get up and go through a buffet line. You're actually able to sit at your table and enjoy breakfast as a family, but it's also a character meal. And so Mickey and Pluto and Lilo and Stitch are all going to come through and you'll be able to greet them and take pictures and get your autograph book signed. And they also do games for kids. So they do these little wooden horse races around the restaurant. And so the kids are entertained the whole time. And so if I'm if I'm spending one dining service credit, I'm choosing Ohana's for breakfast if, if my kids are with me. Okay. Yeah, Ohana's going to be on that list. I mean, almost always, unless so I'm, I'm the same way. Okay, and so if I'm going to answer this question the second way, and this may shock some people who know me and think that maybe my answer may be something different, but I've just had really great experiences at the Grand Floridian Cafe the last couple of times we've eaten there. Okay. And so I think if I weren't staying at the Grand Floridian, I would I would definitely want to go over there and at least enjoy the atmosphere because a lot of times, like I mentioned before, they kind of have the the lobby and they'll have live music playing and it's kind of relaxing. You can, you know, enjoy an adult beverage if you want and kind of sit back and enjoy the music that's being played. And the great thing about that is it's either, you know, pianist or a jazz band and they're all kind of playing Disney songs. And so there, there'll be songs that you're familiar with, but kind of the grown up version of those songs. So that's just something nice to enjoy and you can 
kind of sit back and relax if you don't have the kids. The Grand Flirting Cafe, I, I just haven't had a bad meal there. And it's only one table service credit. Yeah. I think that's probably where I would lean to if I were having one meal without the kids at that Magic Kingdom area. Okay. Yeah, I think that's helpful to know. I mean, I know the uh, California girls always in that running for me, but I think one, like, it, go get your meal at the Grand Floridian Cafe. And if you want to go up, you know, to the top of the Contemporary for drinks or something before or after, uh, I mean, there, there's different ways to get up there without going to eat that meal just for the view. So, um, there's plenty of options. Yeah. And I've actually, you know, similar to you, I've eaten at the California Grill restaurant before. And the only reason that I didn't make that list is because it is two table service credits on the dining plan. Right. If it, if it wasn't two, then that will probably be at the top of my list to enjoy without children. But I was trying to stick to the one table service credit there uh, as far as being on the dining plan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Now, there is a lot of other things that we haven't touched as far as what the resorts have to offer in the Magic Kingdom area, especially each resort in and of itself. We were trying to hit the highlights, but there were two things that I wanted to mention before we moved on from this area and over to the Crescent Lake area by Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And that is to take advantages of some of the opportunities to see the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a couple of different ways to do that. You know, at the Contemporary, as we just mentioned, you can try to grab a spot out on the catwalk at the very top of the Contemporary Hotel at the California Grill restaurant. You don't necessarily need a reservation. You can try to go up and get a seat at the bar. If you don't have a reservation, the bar is first come, first serve at the California Grill. So you can always try to go up there and grab a, a spot at the bar and catch the fireworks. If not, you can always snag a spot on the beach at either the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian to get a pretty great view of the fireworks as well. You know, at each one of those spots, they pipe in music from the theme park. And so you're actually being able to get the audio as well as the visual of the fireworks being displayed over there behind Cinderella Castle. So that's definitely something to take advantage of. And it's not necessarily free, but... Another great thing to do, and we've mentioned it, or at least I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast, is doing one of the fireworks cruises. It's fairly inexpensive, all things considered. Yeah. And it's really a great experience to have that one-on-one -on -one setting in the boat, on the lake, getting the audio piped into your watercrafts, getting right up close to the firework view as well. So that's something to consider too. Yeah. Okay. I'll add two other firework ideas I had. One is um, at the Contemporary. I think I'm saying this right, but I think it's the fourth floor, but the floor that has Chef Mickey's, there's a little awning you can walk out on there and watch from it's not as high as the top of the building obviously uh, but it's a decent view and then the other thing and, and i definitely stole this from somebody smarter than me in the disney world but that the ttc the ticket and transportation center has a really nice spot on view of where you can see the castle and the fireworks with minimal crowds uh, so a lot of people say that's a great place if you like taking photographs of the fireworks, but that's, that's another, I would say maybe lesser known spot you could try out. Yeah. Great tips there. And then the last thing about this area before we move on is the water pageant that circles the seven seas lagoon and Bay Lake as well. And so there is a water pageant that plays at different locations and it's really these, these barges that have lights on them and music that coordinates with them. And, and so they park in front of each one of these resorts out on the water and the music gets played out to the beachfront. And so you're able to kind of sit back and relax and take that in as well. So those are some things that, that we would consider when we're talking about non-park days 
and taking advantages of some of the amenities at the resort areas at Magic Kingdom. And again, you don't have to stay at any of these resorts to take advantage of anything that we've mentioned. So keep that in mind if you have a couple of days or a day on your vacation and you're not going to be in the parks. Yep. Absolutely. Where we go next? So let's move over to the Crescent Lake area. So this is going to be the area in between Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. And there are a couple of resorts over there to take note of and take advantage of. And that is the Beach and Yacht Club, as well as the Boardwalk. And we'll just mention that it's there. We won't necessarily get into the amenities of this hotel, but it's where Griffin is about to stay on his upcoming trip. That would be the Swan and Dolphin is in this area too. That's right. But for the sake of this argument, we'll just leave it at the beach, yacht, and boardwalk resorts. So a lot of the same amenities that we talked about in Magic Kingdom apply to these areas too. Just with a few little nuances. Griffin, have you ever done anything at any of these resort areas? Uh, I've done these less than I have, you know, what we just talked about with the resort loop. But um, of these, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Beach Club um, and all these and, and Boardwalk, um, that whole area just to walk. I think if you're looking for that early morning walk without any particular schedule, you know, this is one of the best places to be. Yeah, I would agree. I also think that... Just speaking of walking, it, the ambiance of this of these resorts is pretty spectacular too. I would say that in the morning is a great time, especially if you're a, a runner, that this is a great area to kind of run because you will be able to get quite an extensive distance in without interruption. And, you know, there'll be a lot of scenery to take in as well. As far as the boardwalk concern is concerned, you know, in the evenings, that place kind of comes alive and there'll be street performers. There'll be, you know, carnival games. I mean, think... New Jersey, beachfront, Atlantic City. That's the type of vibe this is. So there's a lot of things to do at the boardwalk. I think as far as what we had mentioned before, there's restaurants to take advantage of. You know, at the boardwalk, there's the ESPN zone. So if you're a big sports fan and there's a game on that night, that would be something to take advantage of. If you're a seafood person going over to the Yacht and Beach Club, they have, you know, a clam bake every night over there at one of their restaurants, which is a buffet. I also think that they have some pretty cool dessert places as well at both Beach and the Boardwalk. The Boardwalk has Ample Hills, which is a great place to grab an ice cream cone. And the Beach Club has the Beaches and Cream restaurant, which is a, essentially an ice cream parlor. But what they're most famous for is the kitchen sink. And pretty much it is what the name says it is. They pretty much take every ice cream and topping that they have in the place and throw it literally into a dish that looks like a kitchen sink. Yeah. And they make a big to do about it in the restaurant and they put it on your table and everybody has their own spoon and they just go to town. And so that can be a really fun experience to do as well. So there's a lot of things to do and take advantages of at these resorts. Again, you can rent those boats. You can take those out on the lake. We haven't mentioned this, but if you are a guest of Beach Club, you can take advantage of their pool, which is called Stormalong Bay, which is hands down the best resort pool in Disney. The only drawback is that you have to be a guest at the Beach or Yacht Club in order to take advantage of that pool. So if you happen to be staying there, that's definitely something that you'll that you'll want to do. I don't think really I've left anything out as far as the big things to take advantages of these resorts. Is there anything that stands out to you, Griffin, that you might want to consider when you're staying or visiting one of these these areas? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think, uh, let's see, as far as transportation goes, you know, you will have the, 
what do they call them? Friendship boats, you know, are going to potentially take you from resort to resort, but all these resorts are pretty close together. Um, and then the other thing is before long, uh, the gondolas will be kind of, you know, at Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Yeah, great point. Those will be coming soon in 2019. So you'll want to take advantage of, this, of that too. Yeah. So moving on to the other area that, that we would take advantage of is the Animal Kingdom Lodge area. And there is a ton to do over there. You could probably spend a whole day at the Animal Kingdom Lodge and not do the same thing twice and not get bored. So we won't go into every detail of the resort offerings here, but we'll just hit the highlights. Obviously, there are plenty of viewing spots for wildlife. These savannas that are surrounded by the Animal Kingdom Lodge have all kinds of different wildlife, giraffes and zebras and all kinds of different bird species. You know, you can go out there and there's naturalists standing out at these different viewing areas and they'll tell you about the animals and their habitat. So that's really fun and something to take advantage of. Similar to the Magic Kingdom Resort areas, they do campfires with marshmallows they do movies under the stars. They do the pool games. They do all of that stuff. And some of the extra things that they have that, that really set it apart for me is they do a lot of arts and crafts with the cast members here. You know, in Animal Kingdom Lodge, when you walk into that lobby, there's this huge metal seal right on the floor when you walk into the lobby. And more often than not, you'll find one of the cast members that will sit down with the kids and they do bronze rubbings of that medallion. And there's little just interesting things that that are happening throughout that resort like that, where you know they're telling you about the medallion and what it means to them and what it's symbolic of. That's just something really cool to take advantage of. And Animal Kingdom also has some pretty fantastic restaurants. In fact, right. they do a daily tour of Jico, which is their signature restaurant, which if you're on the dining plan is two table service credits. But they do a daily tour there and they take you behind the scenes of their culinary efforts that they have going on in that restaurant. And at the very end, if you're lucky, you'll get to sample some of the food that they have on that menu as well. So that's definitely something to take advantage of over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So Griffin, have you guys ever gone over there and spent time over there or you know, taken advantage of any offerings? We, we haven't stayed there, so we definitely haven't spent enough time there, but it's out of the way, right? It's not close, but I think it's worth your while once you get out there. And like, I think you need to plan on spending a couple hours, adding in a meal. I think that'd be the right way to do that, that area. You wouldn't want to just go for 30 minutes and turn around and come back. Um, so go ahead and just make that a couple hour trip. You're right. It, it's definitely not close to anything else. So what you we're able to take advantage of over the Magic Kingdom area as far as transportation is concerned. You're not going to get that here at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So that is one of the drawbacks. You're limited to bus transportation only unless you have your own method of transportation that you have arranged. But if you can make it out there and, and spend, like you said, Griffin, spend a couple hours, it, it definitely will work to your advantage, especially if anyone in your family is really drawn to or attracted to kind of wildlife and that environment. That'll be something that that will go a long way with them. Yeah, and one of the very special spots for sure. So, you know, Animal Kingdom Lodge is amazing. All right, let's move on to one of the areas that probably needs no introduction, but the Disney Springs area is just another area of the Walt Disney World Resort that you can take advantage of without any park tickets or any extra spending that you're going to have to do to gain access to this area. And it is a shopper's and eater's paradise, if you will. I'm mm -hmm. Griffin, you've spent some time there. I've spent some time there. What's your go-to things that you're going to do when you're over at Disney Springs? Well, um, 
we love the shop. We love, you know, the, the big Disney store, the Lego store, all that sort of thing for, for the kids. Uh, when it goes to food, you know, I'm, I'm most, the boathouse comes to mind. Morimoto, am I saying that right? You know, that I actually recently recommended that to uh, my brother who was down there and he and his, this was a group of young adults, but they all came away with, you know, rave reviews for that. So there's plenty of good places. What I have not done, which will one day be on my go-to list is, you know, The Void, um, the new Star Wars virtual reality game I really want to try out. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I'm going to drop you with two bad news bombs, if you will. Okay. If I had the sound effects, I would go right we now. We don't have sound effects yet. No, we'll work on that. But the first sound effect will be about Morimoto Asia. And this really isn't you know bad news per se. It's just more news in general. But did you read or hear recently that there was a confirmed case of hepatitis A that broke out at Morimoto Asia? That's unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> Not not that I would not continue to recommend it because I've eaten there and it is a great restaurant, but I, th- that was some news that came out earlier this week, so just be aware is all. The other piece of, of bad news that I'll, I'll give to you, and this may be worse news for you, Griffin, but The Void, I hear, is a great experience. I haven't done it personally, but it is no longer Star Wars themed. Oh, okay. I missed that. And this is where you're going to get even more disappointed. Mm, you have to go break the internet in virtual reality? It is Ralph Breaks the Internet themed. Oh, I'm so out right now. <laughs> uh, okay, that's. I would say, they. Why, why would they do that? I can't imagine the same amount of people are going to be excited to do that. Oh, I'm sure it'll change again pretty soon. Okay, all right. I just, for some reason, Star Wars, it just... Everybody said it was amazing, and I'm, I'm going to hold out until they change it back. Yeah, I heard the same things about all the Star Wars. I haven't seen many reviews about the Ralph Breaks the Internet theme. Now, it just recently was turned over because of the release of that movie, so we'll wait and see, I guess. Okay, maybe they once they hear my review of their movie, they will change it back. <laughs> maybe so. Some of the things that I enjoy at Disney Springs... Uh, one, and, and these are just maybe I'll throw out some just quick things that we do, tips, I don't know, cool things to take advantage of. If you walk into the Giardelli store at Disney Springs, you will always get a free piece of chocolate. So when we go, that's one of the stops that we have to do. So we literally will walk into that store. Someone will hand us a piece of chocolate. We will kindly say thank you. And then we will immediately circle out of the store and eat our chocolate. Yeah. So that's just something cool to do. It doesn't cost you anything to walk in the store and get a free piece of chocolate. So that's something we always do. I will say the last time that we went, and, and I'm pretty sure I talked about this on one of the episodes. And if I didn't, then then I apologize already because I should have talked about it more. But Homecoming Florida Kitchen, I can't speak highly enough about that restaurant. It is fantastic and is newly minted as my favorite restaurant in Disney Springs, bar none. So if you're down there and you're looking for a place to eat, I I highly recommend Homecoming Florida Kitchen. Yeah, I know you had said it was amazing, so I'm looking forward to getting back there soon. Yeah, so those are some of the things that I would take advantage of. Obviously, down there, you have a lot of different music venues, it just venues in general. There's some places to catch live music, uh, Cooks of Dublin, there's the House of Blues, there's the Cirque du Soleil. There's a lot of different things that are happening in downtown Disney. And any given night, there'll be street performers down there. I've seen magicians down there. I've seen all kinds of different things happening down in that Disney Springs area to take advantage of. So that's another place, especially I'll say that place comes more live, similar to the boardwalk in the evening. 
But during the day, it's just as well too to, to take uh, a trip down there and spend a couple hours and enjoy the shops and the food and everything that that area has to offer. Yeah, it's come a long way since uh, it's downtown Disney days. You know, I was a little disappointed, you know, back in the day when it was called downtown Disney and it was just confined to that little area. It's obviously grown a lot uh, in the past couple of years, but I loved downtown Disney and I was a little disappointed when it started, you know, changing and rebranding itself to Disney Springs. And quite frankly, when it was under all of that construction, we just didn't go down there that much because it was too crowded, too crammed. Most everything was closed. It was hard to get around. So we just avoided it like the plague. And I was always a little apprehensive, but I'll have to admit now that it's, you know, kind of, I won't say finished because there are some places around there that are still under construction, but for the most part, everything has been done. It's a great place to spend an afternoon. It really is. There are, there are stores that I would go shop in at home if they were here there, there are cool things to do. You know, one thing that we didn't talk about is the is the Coca Cola store and the Coca Cola experience that you can do. There's a movie theater down there. There's a bowling alley down there. There's all kinds of things to take advantage of. So it's definitely a great place to go hang out, especially if you're not going to be in the park. Yeah, absolutely. All right, there's just a few more things that we'll mention as we wrap up this episode that you can take advantage of when you're not visiting one of the Disney theme parks. One of them is the golf in mini golf. So Disney has a couple of golf courses. So if you've got golfers in your family or you enjoy it, there's a couple of PGA tour quality type of golf courses. In fact, I think there is a PGA tour event at one of them. So you can take advantage of that. There's also a couple mini golf courses as well that you can take advantage of. And and we've played those in the past and they're a ton of fun. So if it's something that you're looking, if your family's a little bit more active and you don't want to go watch a movie or you don't want to go eat and you want to kind of get out and walk around a little bit, Playing some of those mini golf courses are a lot of fun. They've got one that's themed as like a winter wonderland. So it's all kind of snow themed, if you will. Ironic because you're in Florida, right? And the other one is a scaled down version of an actual golf course. So you're going to have sand traps and water hazards and all of that, but it's going to be in the form of mini golf. So those are some fun things to do as well. Have you ever done the uh, mini golf at all, Griffin? I, I haven't, but I'm just sitting here thinking now that my kids are getting a little bit older that was one of the first things that i was like all my kids can now play mini golf this is huge yeah well that, that is a, a ton of fun once your kids get old enough to walk around and hit the ball around yeah especially and we'll mention this too that there are some ticket offerings that you can take advantage of to where it's like hey if you get you know buy three days or buy four days or buy five days or whatever that deal may be you get an extra add-on special magic event as well and that typically is either a round of mini golf per ticket, or the other thing that that we'll mention that you can take advantage of on your non-theme park days are the water parks. So a lot of times you can find tickets that will give you that extra magic special event, and that's either you know round of mini golf or uh, entry into one of the water parks. And the water parks at Disney are fantastic as well. Now, we went back and forth whether or not we should mention this because it is something that you have to purchase a ticket to to get into. But if you're getting it for free in addition to your theme park purchases, we thought we'd at least mention it, that these are some pretty intense water parks, if you will, that, you know, Typhoon Lagoon has a huge wave pool that you can actually surf, take surfing lessons on. You know, Blizzard Beach has one of the steepest drops. So there, there are some things. They've got family water coasters is what they call them, too. There's some cool things to take advantage of at the water parks, too. So that's something else to consider if you if your family is water park family and not necessarily 
want to spend a whole day at a theme park, go on and take advantage of the water parks. Maybe something that you may want to do as well. Yeah. And you don't have to do a whole day at a water park. You can, I mean, you could do both, but you could easily make that more of a, a half day experience. Yeah, absolutely. Griffin, is there anything that, that we've left off that we probably should mention in this podcast when we're thinking about taking advantages of amenities at Walt Disney World when we're not visiting one of the four major theme parks? I think we hit the big ones. I think we we reiterated at the front end, you know, the deluxe resorts, as far as resorts goes, where your, your money's at. I You know, one thing that we... I did want to mention was over at Art of, Art of Animation, the um, which would be considered a moderate resort, but probably one of the better ones. They they have free artist classes, you know, where you your kid you or your kids can kind of get somewhat simple art lessons from a cast member. Um, so I, I think Art of Animation is always kind of an interesting place to visit for that, but also. It's just a great place with all the kind of character, you know, I don't know what you want to call those statues. And it's just very festive for younger kids and a lot of a lot of characters um, that you can kind of go by and see and just very colorful place. If you end up, I don't know that I would drop all the way over there, but if you ended up there, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. Have you, this is just kind of a side note. Did you ever take advantage of one of the, I don't know what it was specifically called, but in Hollywood Studios, Back where the Star Wars launch bay is currently. Yeah, where they used to have the drawing. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I did, it would have been when I was too young to remember doing it, you know, like second or third grade. I do remember that was when they were really trying to make it, you know, all about how the movies were made, right? You could kind of work with one of the professionals. Yeah, it was really cool. So it was kind of like an auditorium type of setting and there would be an animator that would sit up front and literally when the room was filled, he would say, okay, who do you want to draw? Here's who you can pick from. And, you know, the room would vote. And I think the last time that we did it, it was Stitch. So, you know, the majority was we wanted to learn how to draw Stitch. Yeah. And so his drawing was projected up on the screen and we all had pads and pencils in front of us. And we followed along his instructions. You know, by the end of it, each one of us walked out with a Stitch that we had drawn and that was a really cool experience. Unfortunately, it, it, it no longer exists. But to your point, something like that exists over at the Art of Animation. And so if you have artists in your family or you just like to draw in general and want to learn a little bit more about animation or Disney animation or want to learn to draw someone in particular, this is definitely something to check out because you'll learn a little bit. You'll have a lot of fun and it's fun for all ages. So that's definitely a great tip to take advantage of as far as some of the resort amenities to, to include in your stay. Yep. All right. I think that wraps up this episode. Please, if we've left anything out at all, if you've got tips or tricks or things that you want to take advantage of or that you do take advantage of when you're visiting Walt Disney World, share them with us. Go out to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and search for us at Master the Mouse and interact with us and give us your tips on what to take advantage of when you're not in the Disney World theme parks. We'd love to hear from you. I think that'll do it for this episode. On behalf of Master the Mouse Podcast and Griffin, I'm Aaron, and we'll see you real soon. See you guys.